Hi, this is Aaron Azrod, and welcome to the 107th episode of the Truth Island podcast. Several weeks into 2021, with a new president, the future still remains relatively unknown. Many Americans have questions as to what the future will bring. When will they be vaccinated? Will there be jobs waiting for them when this is all over? And if America in general will return to the state that it once was in. Uncertainty is something that most people wish to avoid, as nothing is a greater source of anxiety. And yet the tunnel of darkness need not always take us to an even bleaker chapter in human history. The chaos and loss of life experienced during World War II was followed by a decade of growth, home ownership, and a quality of living that the world had never experienced up until that point. The ancient religions of Taoism and Zoroastrianism stress the importance of this duality, that our life is a constant battle between the unknown darkness versus the knowledge of light. However, what remains often mis misinterpreted in this eternal sequence is that neither one of these forces represents good or bad, but simply natural. For example, most of us as of right now would love to live lives of extreme certainty, predictable jobs, predictable paycheck, and maybe even a predictable lover. And yet, without uncertainty, nothing ever changes. If man had always had enough meat to eat, he would never have invented agriculture. The unknown is scary at first, as it initially robs man of life and prosperity in the first wave, and yet in the second, provides him abundances that he never thought possible. There is no doubt that 2020 took away a lot from us, businesses, social opportunities, and above all else, human lives. And yet, within the midst of this darkness, the potential to discover something new has never been greater. Helping me to find some certainty, I am once again joined by Kenny. Kenny, I expect us to have all the answers by the end of the hour, right? Like, I, I can't stand this uncertainty anymore. We, we just can't move forward. Certainly. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think that's uncertainty is it's incredibly scary. I mean, it's one of those things that is human nature is very antagonistic towards uncertainty. Mm, yeah, I mean, we have we have weather apps literally trying to predict what the next few weeks and months are going to look like. On the most, I mean, it's very mundane. I mean. If we if we lived in a time when our when when the weather were you know was an incredible um, how you say um, factor in our lives usually these days it's not you have a car you don't have to walk in the rain right you have a pretty sturdy house it's not gonna um, blow away in the wind and so forth but we still like knowing what the weather is gonna be you know a week or a week or two from now same thing with our you know we don't like episode that uh, you know episodic releases anymore we like the whole the whole show being released all together so first episode to the very last everything certain and uh and, and served to us uh pretty easily i think we need to talk about the weather i think that's actually you know people think that the weather is actually one of the most mundane topics but i think in this uh in this example it's actually a pretty apt um, example. And you're right. We love to control the weather, especially when we're going on vacation. We want to know, oh, okay, Tuesday it's raining. That's museum day. You know, that's the day we're going to the museum. That's it. You know, we, we want to know these things because we want to control. And we think that 
that control is going to allow us to cultivate the optimal experience. So if I know that it's going to rain on Tuesday and Thursday, well, I can plan accordingly so that my vacation doesn't get ruined and I have some kind of cool yeah. indoor activity. And we think that's going to bring us happy happiness. We think that being in control of the planning and the development. But I want to ask you this one, okay? Mm. Let's just say we reach the point in science, right? And and forget about you know the ecosystem. Forget about you know it needing to rain for crops and for plants and so forth. Let's just say that there was a magical way, right? Just just forget about the uh, the logic here for a moment. If there was a magical way for human life to continue, and every day was a gorgeous sunny day, high of seventy five degrees, low of you know sixty eight. Every day was just magical and gorgeous and beautiful, and it was totally sustainable. Would you take that? Would I take that? Yeah. Would personally? you take that? Would you personally take that? Every day is sunny I, and and perfectly temperate weather. I wouldn't take that. Okay. Tell me I, why. I would. I wouldn't take that for the world. I, I wouldn't take that, and especially especially if I was the same person that I am today. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't take that knowing knowing that that was not. I wouldn't take it because I would know. I I, I would be certain that that was not reality. Mm-hmm. I would doubt it was all artificial. It was all fake. It was all manufactured. So it's basically the difference between a newborn, an actual child, newborn child, versus you know a make believe Barbie that's you know like a modified perfectly you know um even let's just say even an imperfect newborn versus a genetically modified newborn super baby (laughs) like he has all the things sure that every father or mother would want but there's there's something totally unnatural totally artificial about him yes Um, yeah no, I like I like that the that you use the word unnatural. And there is a place where the weather um, is pretty nice all the time, and it's called L.A. And uh, you know, <laughs> and you know, a lot of people like if you ask if it's especially you know where I am in New York, it gets it can get pretty darn cold here in the winter, and it can you know get pr- pretty nasty out here. And if you ask any New Yorker during the winter. Hey man, wouldn't you like to go live in LA or whatever? They're probably like, hell yeah, not you know, it's 80 degrees there right now. I'm going to have a lot of fun and go surfing and so forth. But what I notice about people that live in California year round is that eventually they start taking the weather for granted. They, hmm. they start, you know, it just, it just, it kind of just melts away. And I, I think after a while, it probably just becomes boring. You know, it becomes boring that every day is sunny. You know, it becomes boring, boring that every day doesn't bring any challenges. Like as, 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 you know, as annoying as snow is, it does create a different experience. It does create like people who come to people who grew up in like the Midwest or in the South where it's a lot hotter and they come to New York and they see their first snowdrop. It's kind of amazing. You know, it's kind yeah. of amazing to deal with something that you've never experience and it kind of just brings a different part you wear different clothing you wear different boots different jacket and so forth and i think there's something that we need we need that change and we need that challenge and i i think that you know a lot of us lament like oh man i i miss the days of like working for the same company for 30 years i miss that predictive predictability but in some ways i think predictability can kill us on the inside yeah i mean i i i I think so, 
I, I believe that people are, there's a part of us, if not, you know, there, there's, a, there's a part of us that wants to be, that likes that spontaneity. I don't think that anybody wants to know exactly. I mean, they, here's the thing, people often think they do. But then again, you have movies like Groundhog Day and people think, well, we're going to, geez, Louise, what a hell that is. <laughs> so you know exactly what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. and you're going to be safe. You're going to be fed. You're going to be okay. But there's something strange about that. So I think, you know, I don't think people really understand that, you know, even the small, the, the, the hard things in life, the things, even if it's not necessarily hard, the things that you don't particularly care for have a place, you know, um, but we're often very narrow minded and very, you know, immediate, you know, immediate results oriented and we can't, we can't see the bigger picture or see far ahead enough to appreciate um, or even tolerate the things that we are, um, um, I, I, would, I would say, in, you know, unhappy about right now. Mm -hmm. No, I, I think Groundhog Day is a, is a great, great, great movie. By the way, you know, uh, Bill Murray is really wonderful in that film. And I think, I think, I think there's a really valuable lesson to be learned here. That I think, you know, I, I think with both extremes, we will go crazy. Um, like if we, if we were living in a state where every day was something new, every single day was unknown or this and that, I think, I, you know, and there are people who travel, who get on planes every single day and travel the country and there's a lot of uncertainty and maybe they like it, but I think even after a while that goes crazy, you know, a f several episodes, I talked to a guy about traveling and, you know, after a couple of weeks, you kind of say to yourself, geez, I kind of wish I had a home that I could lay down in. And, you know, like, yeah. a, I wish I could just lay in the same bed for a few days in a row. And that would just feel really good. So both extremes of like complete chaos and then complete order and incomplete monotony every single day kind of can be hell, you know, a hell in themselves. And I, I think utilizing both these experiences and finding like the middle ground and the huge and, and the big takeaways from this is how is really how us as a species kind of moves forward. Yeah, I mean, we're you're right about the extremes and humans were often very extreme um, um, beings. You know, we either leave way to this side or way <laughs> to the other side. <laughs> then. <laughs> And we forget that there might be, they just might be a, um, um, a very reasonable, cozy middle. You know? Yeah. Because you're right. I mean, total chaos is, I mean, it's insanity. Um, imagine you woke up one morning and gravity decided not to work. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it, it'd be horrible. But we, 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 we rely, we, we believe that the sun is going to rise, you know, just as it did the day before, gravity is going to hold things down. And because of that order, because of that specific order, there is, you know, there's peace of mind. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that there are things in our lives that are like that, where, you know, we don't want to, we don't want, we don't want certain things to be spontaneous. Um, like, I don't want, I don't want my paychecks to be spontaneous. Wanna, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to get, you know, $500 today and 25 cents tomorrow. And <laughs> because it shouldn't be, but there's certain, so it's, it's about finding the balance and finding um, where each place and each thing belongs. Right, right. Now, th this is interesting. Let's even just think about like the paycheck thing over here, because yeah. I, you know, like I said, 
I, as much as I like this idea of a static paycheck that is the same thing every, every, every single day, it seems really attractive at first, but I do see the dangers of like stagnation kind of kicking in and complacency kicking in as well. Because like if this, you know, and the reason I, I have this experience is because I worked with, you know, I, I was a teacher for a long time and I worked with a lot of teachers and yeah. being a teacher is a pretty darn standard pay. You know, that, that paycheck comes pretty darn regularly. You know, you never need to worry. Like it, it yeah. will be there. You'll have your sick days. You have your paycheck. You've got your pay. It's pretty darn thing. But what I noticed, Kenny, is that a lot of these teachers became really, really bitter and miserable as their career kind of went on. And I was scratching my head. I'm like, geez, you guys have stability here. You have, you have a static paycheck. You have, uh, you know, everything is fixed. And what ends up happening is that the, the bloody thing becomes too, too darn predictable. And it becomes too, now, obviously none of those teachers want to take a job for less money, right? Like they're not going to kind of go there, but when you remove some of the challenge of, of life and you sort of remove some of that, some of that, because the challenge brings about growth. And I think we are fundamentally addicted to growth. We, we have an obsession with growth and getting better. We love, we love to see that. That's why, that's why old age scares us, you know, to, you know, scares us, right? We don't want to see ourselves going decline. We want to see ourselves on the, you know, on the incline, not on the decline. And I think that when, when, when we have too much predictability, you know, almost kind of like communism in a way where everything is just that you will get the same paycheck, no matter how hard you work or how little you work, it's just the same every single day. I think that kind of creates like the slow death, you know, I think chaos creates the quick death, but monotony builds within us a slow death, a death of the soul. Yeah. I mean, I could, I, I can see, I think uh, I can definitely see that. At the same time, there's something that, you know, in every human being, one of the things about humans is that we are very unique in a sense of choice, very unique in the sense of, you know, what we, what we decide to do. Some people end up being very, end up being affected negatively by that mundane or that stagnant, repetitive um, paycheck or occurrence in their life. When another person is perfectly fine with it. In right, fact, yeah. In, in, instead of being, you know, as the teacher who is, you know, fed up and just ready to throw a kid through a window. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I hear that's a... <laughs> uh, the, other, the other teacher is actually quite simply grateful, happy that this is, this is... So what the other one sees as a weakness or a flaw in the universe, um, one has seen as a, as a blessing, a gift, a, some sort of anchor in the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, so it really does, it really does depend on, on the human mind, on the humans, on the human's experience. Um, no, I, I think that's, we are uniquely different and, and you're right. Like I, I, I probably was overgeneralizing a moment ago where I said all teachers, you know, you're right. There probably are some teachers who are like, Hey man, I, I love the stability here. I love having my summers off, you know, like there, there, there were, you know, there, there were some folks that did like the steady track and you're right. This, these are personality qualities that do vary yeah. from person to person. I'm wondering if, I think that what it is, though, is that we have to be careful with some people who claim to like stability, but they're kind. But that's kind of a mask for fear, 
And I think that that is something, and, and I'm not saying that's everybody, but there might be some people out there who claim, you know, who will outwardly claim, I love stability, I love monotony, I love routine, but it's really just fear, you know, speaking that language. And, you know, one of the examples that always comes to me is like feudalism in medieval Europe, you know, the Vikings, the Visigoths, all of these like people were taking over. So all of these peasants came and, and, you know, became serfs under lords because they wanted to be protected, right? They wanted, they wanted knights to protect them. They wanted to be taken care of. But I asked myself, did anyone really want to be a serf? Did anyone really want to be a feudal peasant? Probably not. Like, I don't think that was like anyone's, you know, wish at that time. But I think- Peasant school. Yeah, peasant school, right? Like I'm gonna get my degree in peasantry 101. (laughs) But, But like, I, I think sometimes we make those decisions based out of fear. And, and when you make those decisions out of fear, there, there is like an opportunity cost and you don't, you for one don't grow and humanity doesn't grow at the same time. Well, see, all life is uncertain. Every single bit of life is uncertain. You wake up in the morning, you don't know whether or not you're going to stub your toe or your bed. You're brushing your teeth in the morning. You have no idea whether or not you're going to, you know, um, you know, chip a tooth or stab your um, the, your cheek with your toothbrush. You're, you know, um, eating cereal in the morning. You're gonna, are you gonna choke? Is it? Is I mean, we take all these things for granted. Oh my god, you've just given me a thousand things to worry about tomorrow morning. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) There's a lot to worry about. I mean, we we get into vehicles that move about sixty to seventy miles per hour. Yeah. And we think, oh, I'm a good driver. Well, good for you. How are you so sure the other person on the road is a good driver? Yeah. My point is that we are faced with uncertainty, and especially in here, one of the things about uncertainty is that it's often hits us in a negative more than it does in a positive people are more how do i say they, they are more uncertain of the fact especially maybe living in a rough neighborhood they're more uncertain of the fact that they're going to see their car in their driveway in the morning yeah no one is thinking no one is thinking you know what i'm gonna wake up in the morning and have a brand new car <laughs> <laughs> like it could go either way no it doesn't go that way yeah they're thinking most people are thinking running around thinking this could be the thing that ends me this could be the thing that ends me financially, health-wise, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, career-wise. It, this, the, it could finish me. Mm-hmm. And so uncertainty is, for us, a very negative thing because our imagination tends to lean, lean in, the, in the negative and in the oppressive. Um, and so, but the problem with that, the, the problem with that is what you've said earlier, is fear. Uh, uncertainty or being afraid of uncertainty is not necessarily, I think that's very natural. That's what happens to, unless of course, you're some sort of a superhuman. <laughs> some of them, are, <laughs> they're out there. It, it's, it's natural. The, the problem now becomes how you say, when you don't, when you give into that fear, when you totally allow that fear to cripple you. I mean, we have insurance. Our, our, our society runs in insurance. What is insurance? Mm-hmm. Insurance is selling you certainty. That's all it is. It's actually, it's a false sense of certainty. Here, here's insurance. Insurance is actually, it's betting against yourself, okay? Talk to a buddy of mine, and, you know, where he, he had mentioned this. He said something along the lines of, insurance basically says, the bad thing, if the bad thing happens, you're covered, right? But if the bad thing doesn't happen, you're just going to keep paying until the bad thing happens, right? Right, yeah. And you're like, yeah, um, <laughs> 
<laughs> by the time you spend about three thousand dollars on this thing, you're you're looking around the corner waiting. Where the hell is this bad thing? It should. I want about the, I want the bad thing to happen, <laughs> because right? <laughs> I want to feel like I'm paying for something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we we live in a world of insurance. We live in a world where people have turned uncertainty into a business model. Yes, they want to sell you certainty, and because we're so frightened, so afraid, we're so in many ways pathetic really no not to not to be unkind but it is actually pathetic because we're grown human beings mm -hmm. many of us are 60s 70s 80s some of us many of us are 40s um 30s and 20s i can understand children being afraid i can understand ch teenagers being afraid and i can understand even young adults being afraid but there comes a time when humans need to be humans and be strong be wise be courageous i mean we we have all these ideas that have been written about for ages um but these days we 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 seem to ignore them because for some reason it's like yeah uh, i believe in knights but um i don't really want to I, <laughs> i don't really want to leave my house for an adventure I just kind of want to sit down and watch Netflix, you know, it, it's, it's strange. Yeah. It's, you know, listen, man, I, I wish I had, I wish I could say I overcame fear, but no, there's definitely a lot of things that keep me up at night. A lot of things that still give me anxiety. I guess yeah. what it comes down to is I want us, I want to put both of us back into like, you know, the prehistoric times. Yeah. And, and, and I think this is kind of, looking at the past, the really ancient past can kind of help us solve this. If you were in a place and you saw that your buffalo was running out, you saw yeah. that there was less buffalo, you knew it. You saw it every time you went hunting, you just saw less and less of them out there. You have options. You can sit there and you can worry about it. You can live in fear. You could wish and hope that more buffalo just magically come your way, yeah. or you could pick up and leave and try and find a new spot. Or better yet, you could start uh, you know, developing agriculture, you know, like that's, that's the kind of thing that I'm not really seeing as much in our society today of like, yeah. where we're either at this point where we kind of lament that we don't have stability and we worry over it and we cry over it and we lose sleepless nights, but we don't actually take the actions to create that agriculture or to create terrace farming or to create something new that is going to bring some new form of stability that will then, you know, at some later date be destroyed. And then we, because I think that's the whole point of life yeah. is that we're, we're chasing the stability, but the only way to get to that stability is to constantly keep conquering the challenges before us. And yeah. I think that that's the kind, that's kind of the beauty of, of the, of the human experience is that we're constantly faced with uncertainty. Your food is constantly running out. This is running out, but then, okay, let's not just hope for things to go back to the way they were magically, right? Let's start making this world a better place by innovating and making new systems, new ways of doing things, new solutions to things. Yeah, I, I, I would totally, I would totally agree. War is the mother of innovation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sad quote, but in, in some ways quote, true. Yeah. But it, it's, yeah, it is. I think that if we are, if we embrace the fact, if we understand our world and say, okay, if we embrace the world as this is, you know, this is how the world simply operates. When, when, we're, when uncertainty, when, especially those things that are fearful, you know, like for, before our podcast, you had mentioned World War II. Yeah. Um, nobody was certain that Hitler was going to lose. 
Many Americans went in there, went, 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 went to war, being absolutely uncertain about their future, whether they were going to die or live. It was just that simple. Yeah, for sure. Right? And, but they went anyway. They went anyway. And many of them did, in fact, die. Yeah. And they won the war. My, my point is simply this, that on, when, you, when uncertainty is not how you say it, it's, it, it's not an excuse or it should not be a, it shouldn't be something that cripples you or, or leaves you in the dust, leaves you, you know, rocking back and forth in the fetal position because you're, <laughs> you know, <laughs> scared, of, scared about tomorrow. Yes. It's, it's always going to be that way. It's, it's life is always going to be uncertain. I mean, I don't even even if even if they create a machine that you can you know matrix up, and um, and you you can create your perfect little world, sure. But how long is a machine going to last? <laughs> sure, right. It, you know? it could someone could unplug that thing and and you're done. Um, uncertain uncertainty is always around the corner yeah i know it's funny because i i think even in in the matrix movie itself it says that when the machines made the first simulation it was perfect and people went nuts like all all the human beings rebelled against it and said no 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 this is too this is fake (laughs) and i and i think i i think we that is true i i think that the writers of that movie were spot on that if it was too cookie cutter if it was too just uh, formulaic, well, then we would go nuts because we don't, we, we like there to be some degree of, uh, of uncertainty. And I, I want us to think about like using our World War II and maybe we can make like a, a, a pandemic kind of um, comparison here. There's a lot of people, if it wasn't for this darn pandemic, everything would be just a-okay right now. Everything would be just darn fine. Everything would be, uh, we would know where we were going. I'm like, not really. I, I think that the, the loss of life, the loss of business, all, all of these things have been just, you know, remarkably insane, re- remarkably insane. As we move forward, this is our Buffalo mo- moment right now. This is a Buffalo moment here where we realize this has kind of shed a, a bunch of stuff on things that just don't work really well. These, the, you know, here are some things we just never thought of. Here are some things that don't work. We thought they were working, but turns out they actually weren't really working it looks like the it looks like the heater wasn't working all along and i think that that creates opportunity it creates that opportunity to be like how do we now that we've learned all of these lessons how do we create that much better tomorrow like how do we create agriculture from the lack of buffalo so in this in in this in this world like we've had a lot of businesses shut down people have lost their you know their life savings it's no joke and you know they might even be in debt to the bank so now we have to ask ourselves how do we how do we fix these problems we prevent them from happening how do we how do we make businesses stronger how do we make all of these things work more efficiently and i i think that that challenge is something that we have to address. You know what I mean? I think, I think, I, I think just sitting and praying and just hope it just like a dark cloud just passes away is not the answer. I, I think it doesn't actually solve itself until we start addressing it and we start kind of demanding and creating a better world for ourselves. Okay. Now, I agree with you, by the way. I, I so, but yeah. I want to ask you a question. Sure. Are you talking about individual lives or are you talking about, um, uh, on a national level, um, like national status of change? I, I think like our in our previous discussion, I think it's twofold. 
I, I think first, you can't, we can't do anything as a nation until individually we are making better choices. And that, that, that is uh, with 100% certainty that we, you know, like if we, if we individually are failing every single day, well then, you know, like, like I said, if you, if everyone is a tiny little piece of mud and you put all that mud together, you just get a giant pile of mud and no one wants a giant pile of mud. So the first way that we do this is we clean ourselves off and we make sure that we are the best, most precious. We, we turn each of, each of us has to become like a diamond and then you put all the diamonds together and now you got a sparkling pile of diamonds. So <laughs> I, I think that, yeah, we need to start correcting ourselves uh, individually. And you know what? I, I've always said that prior to the pandemic, I think one thing that was really, really in shortage was goodness and kindness to one another. I, I've always felt that that was something that was lacking at the very individual level. And a lot of our systems and a lot of the way we treat other people and a lot of the way uh, we took people for granted was a huge freaking problem. It, it was, it was, it was, it, and that's something that we can all do. Even if you're just a more appreciative of your wife, more appreciative of your kids, more appreciative of that good friend, more appreciative of that, um, you know, any, anyone in your life that, that, that brings value, I think right off the bat, that's something that the pandemic has kind of taught us is, is like, you live with these people 24 seven, like start valuing them, start cherishing them, start building them, start helping to build them up. And I think once we start doing that, each of us, each of our families becomes a diamond. And then, then we can start um, coming together on the, the more national uh, collective level. I think you're right. Unfortunately, as much as no i'm serious and as much as i do believe i do believe there is something what you're saying i do I, I at the same time i'm incredibly pessimistic about about all that um i do think i'm that, being a hyper idealist right now so i'm glad that I'm, <laughs> seriously i'm glad that you're you know the anchor bringing me down to reality because i i know that i'm being a hyper real a uh, hyper idealist right now but but yeah please i love i love but your... yeah i think the ideal i think the ideal is perfectly beautiful i think it's i i, I but but I I I I I'm I'm pessimistic about it because I don't think that um, first of all you know human beings are very self-oriented we're very how you say, selfish basically mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a, um, um, the worst of our traits right now most people are thinking simply about themselves and their family and even within their 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 family they're thinking simply about themselves if they're honest with themselves and. A lot of Americans feel very uncertain about the things going on right now. I mean, even, but, and you know, to tie it back to World War II, we're living in a very different time because we're, we're, we're dealing with, we're dealing with a very, in, with World War II, we're dealing with a very, very strong generation. Uh, unfortunately, we are, no, they were, I mean, fortunately for them, they were very strong. Yeah, well, they had to be. <laughs> they were, you know what I mean? Um, many of them still fresh off the boat immigrants, many of them still, you know, had those family ties, many of them, I mean, hardworking Italians, Irish, Englishmen, I mean, they, these were people coming to America, or ancestors short term, I mean, not far removed from ancestors coming from the old country sure. to America, all right? And um, right now, everybody's fat and happy. Fat and happy, and the truth. Well, is, I think they're fat. I don't know about happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> I'll have one more Big Mac, please. Um, so, the the truth is, I think that you know, 
I mean, I was listening to a conversation. A YouTuber was making was had played live, not live, but um, actual clip from from a CNN CNN talk. And in this in this talk, somebody somebody I'm not is find out for yourself. Somebody was saying something along the lines of deplatforming YouTubers who had too much following and were quote unquote radical. Mm-hmm. And the first thought that came to my mind was you couldn't get away with that in old America. You, no way. You couldn't get away with that. Yeah. Because you can't you can't get you can't come on free on, on public, you know, on a public communication platform and say, hey, we need to st- we need to make sure certain people don't get to speak on public communication platforms. <laughs> so we're living in a very different time. Hopefully, I know that a lot of Americans are going through a lot of hard things right now. And personally, I have no, no idea what to say to them because I have no idea who I'm talking to. No idea, you know? Um, but collectively as a nation, <laughs> still pessimistic, bruv. Well, let, 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 let me let me see if I can come in there and help you. So, please, I think one of the issues, and this is this is something I'm, I, I kind of agree with you on the pessimism boat. I thought that before the pandemic, people weren't talking to one another and not listening to one another. I thought that was a huge, a huge problem in this country prior to the pandemic, and sadly, the pandemic has kind of made that worse. And I, I think that what I'm trying to do you know, especially with this podcast and just in general with my interactions with my fellow man is I'm trying to teach them that you can't really get through disasters if there's no communication in place. If there's, if you don't know, even if you don't agree with somebody, when the next disaster comes along or the next big hurdle comes along, that's going to prevent us from moving forward. If you don't have a, a common respect or a common decency for your fellow man, you know, it, it actually has a selfish kind of connotation to it when you really think about it, Kenny, because when we think about looking out for our fellow human being, listening to our fellow human being, we think that, oh, that's altruism or that's I'm like, it's not really. It's, it's basically this idea that if I don't know what's going on with my neighbors, if I don't know what's going on, well, that kind of jeopardizes my own family. It jeopardizes my safety because if, if, if everything is being neglected around me, you know, this guy made up a really good point. Um, you know, I was listening to this podcast and he was talking about gated communities in like South America. And I'm like, is that real freedom where you can't walk like 10 blocks? And if you leave your your gated community, you're almost certain to be robbed or, or what, you know, it's like, that's not real freedom where your entire life exists within like, you know, a 10 block radius. And if you go beyond this border, you know, your life is over, you know, like, even if you're a king, it's like, you think about the king in medieval Europe, he's got like a moat and you put alligators in the moat, right? And it's like, is that really fun? The guy can't, you know, if the guy leaves his castle, some, you know, he's going to be attacked by some random peasants who are, <laughs> who haven't had anything to eat in four days. You know, that's not, that's not really fun. So I, I think that, and, and that's, it's not sustainable either. It's not, it's not sustainable. And what I'm hoping is that what we learn is that we learn that, yeah, we got to take care of ourselves. Like I'm not trying to negate that, but once we've taken care of ourselves to some degree, if we're not being more open, more compassionate, and more verbal with our fellow man, well, 
we're not going to be able to kind of overcome any dangers in this world. When we built those river valleys, when we built uh, really extensive irrigation systems so that we could begin agriculture, one dude can't do that. One dude is not capable of building an entire irrigation system around the Nile and, and creating that system. That took tons and tons of people working in unison with one, with one another. And if we want to do great stuff, you know, people think of uh, Neil Armstrong walking on the moon, that's fantastic. What about all the thousands of NASA employees who helped build the rockets and the engineers? And you know, like not one man just didn't build a rocket by himself and go to the moon. It took a coordinated effort to do these things. And I think that if we don't learn to communicate with people who we disagree with or people Absolutely. that we that we find to be uh, you know unsavory or distasteful or whatever, we're not going to be able to take huge big scale actions. We're not going to be able to build the Great Wall. We're not going to be able to go to Mars. We're not going to be able to do any of the cool, fun stuff that makes our existence worthwhile. So I think I think we, we have to overcome this. And it saddens me that the pandemic did not push us further in that direction. No, it, it's um, the old saying uh, is that um, someone once gave the example that says, you know, you don't when you go down to your cellar and you turn on the lights and you see rats scurrying about because they've been frightened by the lights, <laughs> you don't say to yourself, well, look, look what the lights has brought. The lights has brought with its rats. No, the, the, the right thing is look what the light has revealed. Yes, so mm, I like that. The, the pandemic did not bring with it this even more difficult strain of communication. This, this you know, this, uh, this, uh, um, antagonistic posture towards Americans, to America, towards Americans, it simply revealed it all the more. Um, now you had somebody who's been waiting to scream at his neighbor for the past four years, finally got a chance to say, hey, put your mask on, just screamed it in his face, or why are you wearing a mask, just screamed it in his face. It's not because of the mask, it's just because he's been waiting to scream at him and mm -hmm. just got the most available opportunity. See, now this is, something that I, I do think we're at uh, this, this, you know, the reason that I chose this episode for today is, you know, obviously, you know, I am aware of current events and so forth. And with the changing of the guard, with the changing of the present president, I think that in many respects, Kenny, something yes. that's more powerful than force is mercy and the ability to be like, okay, I've won. I'm now in power. However, my friend pull up a chair and, and come take a seat at this table with us because you're welcome here. And one thing I'll, I'll tell you, man, I, I've, this hasn't happened to me too often, but it has happened a few, a few times in my life where sometimes, like I've had um, a student, for example, yeah. that really screwed up, really, really screwed up royally. But I saw that they proactively apologized. I, I saw that they kind of looked remorseful. And you have two options at, at this point. You could punish them or you could say to yourself, man, it looks like you know what you've done is wrong. Like, welcome back into the club, sir. You know, and, and again, sometimes they're not remorseful and you, you do have to punish them and you do have to take further actions and so forth. I do think that we are at a very critical point where people are screaming and begging for unity and the power of mercy and the power of like being like, hey, the war is over now. Come take a seat. And and, yeah. and and to really lean on history here, one of the mistakes that we made at the end of World War I is that we punished Germany too darn much. We punished Germany 
too much. We, we, we made them pay for the entire war. We destroyed their economy. We made them sign the Treaty of Versailles. And what happened? Well, that led to the rise of Hitler. After World War II, we got it right. We said, hey, you messed up, but here's some money. Go rebuild yourself. And that actually, that, that's what actually has created so much peace is that, I, that idea of being like, we won. It's clear that we won, we, we, you know, but let's, let's rebuild this relationship and let's rebuild um, what was destroyed. Because there is a danger that when you've won the battle, like it's kind of like when a, when a boxing match is going on, you got your knockout and everyone needs to know that you are the victor of that boxing match. But you don't, you don't start kicking the guy when he's unconscious on the floor. That's it. And I think that's what makes this time period so critical. If we screw this up and we over punish, we're we're really going in a a disastrous direction. This is this is a critical like we just had a changing of the guard. Now is the time for mercy and now is the time for peace. Says, uh, where are you going? Says, I'm going to see, I'm going to a place where I can see with cl- with eyes unclouded with hate. Yeah. I think that it's possible to do that, but I know Americans or um, whoever is in charge has to see with eyes unclouded with hate and simply a matter of either duty or something higher than base and um, uncontrolled passions. I, um, I hope for the best. I hope for the best, my good man. And I, I want to believe, I want to believe that's, that it'll 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 turn out it'll turn out well you know we can't just the problem is as citizens i think we can't just sit there and be like well let's see what leader does i I don't think you know leader may make the right choice leader may not make the right choice like i I think i think regardless of what leader decides to do we have that power i I feel like we have that power to start individuals yeah we as individuals have that power to start mending relationships start having the power to start communicating with people and, and start listening to one another again. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I would think, like to see, I would like to see that. And I, yeah. I think that's, that, that would be the, uh, you know, the bringing of light into darkness in some way. And I, I think that, you know, we, we, we kind of, it's kind of more of a, uh, instead of waiting for the sun, we do have light switches in our, in our rooms that we can turn on. You know, we don't have yeah. to just sit there and wait for leader to act. We don't have to wait for divine intervention. I, I think that God wants us to, to actually start being better to one, to one another. I, I've, I've always said that, like, if God didn't want us here, he would not have put us here. Like, it's just as simple as that, right? Like, you know, like nothing in your house is there for by accident. Everything in your house has a purpose. Maybe you haven't used it in five years, but when you bought it, it had a purpose. And that's the same thing with us as human beings. If there was a, if there was a human that wasn't meant to be here, they probably would just not be here. And that's, that's the, the, the thing that that's missing from all of us is that everyone was meant to be here. It's how we utilize them that is going to really uh, determine the future. Yeah. Yeah, I think you said it well, and I, I, I hope that people will will see that, will hear that, and mercy and uh, love, kindness towards one another, mm-hmm. um, would be somehow um, communicated. Um, but I, I think I think you're right. I think I think that's really what. I think that's what's really needed here. What's now, really needed now, absolutely. Now, the last thing I want to talk about before we end out here talk is, I think that. You know, I'm, I'm always thinking about like, wh- I'm always thinking in my head, what if I'm talking to the most selfish person in, in, on the face of the earth, right? Like, what's in it for me? What do I have to gain from this, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that 
it actually solves the problem of uncertainty because a lot of our anxiety is caused by uncertainty. And let's just pretend that somebody is angry at you or you don't know that they're angry at you, right? You're like, man, I, I haven't heard from this person. Maybe they're angry at me. Maybe they're not angry at me. I don't know. I'm uncertain about it. Yeah. Well, the easiest way to kind of fix that is to bring certainty to uncertainty and pick up the phone and call them and, and to like start seeing what's going on there. And you may not like the result. You may not like the outcome, but I guarantee you your anxiety is going to be lowered because it, at the very least, you know, where people are at and and you can proceed from there and a lot of what we read in in the newspaper a lot you know i read the times and wall street journal a lot of it is written in such a way of like you know you know we will see if these people just magically change i've never seen any newspaper article not a single one kenny actually like an op-ed in any of these newspapers that say, you know, pick up the phone and do this or call somebody or reach out to a Democrat, reach out to a Republican. And you know, I've never seen anybody actually, you know, make a call to arms in, in that way. It's always as if like it, they're an unknown, uncontrollable force out there in the universe. And hopefully, hopefully they just come to their senses. And I'm hoping, Kenny, that we, we see a change to that. And, and I'm not hoping, I'm you know, kind of insisting that we all take some action and make sure that, that we start getting closer to uh, rectifying that uncertainty. Uh, Kenny, yeah. thank you so much for uh, shining a small beacon of light on here. No worries. Thank you for having me. This concludes the 107th episode of the Truth Island podcast. I'm Aaron Azrod.